we believe that our lives are directed by the Holy Spirit. If you believe that, say amen. 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 Before we get too deep, would you just put your hands together? They're listening. Those that are online, give them a good welcome tonight, everybody. So we want to thank you. Bless you. Every decision that you make is important. There are priority decisions often that deal with spiritual things. If you say, God, I want you to be number one, then uh, if you stick to that, it's pretty easy to make the decisions a priority as it relates to spiritual things. If you waffle on that and you're not certain about that, you'll skip and miss. Sometimes, you know, you'll say, well, that was a little more important, but in, in reality, knowing, okay, I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. God gives us a direction, but sometimes that direction it is not always clear cut. I, uh, we had a decision to make uh, recently and in a position here, and uh, in that particular dis, uh, uh, position, I engaged in the interview process and talked, and, and there was a committee of some of our staff and, and uh, out of the school that got together, and, and virtually, um, in, in their mind's eye, they had just a little different well, they had a big-time difference in their viewpoint than mine. And um, it, it took a little time uh, to be patient, uh, to say, let's walk through this process. And we met for hours trying to discern, trying to say. At the end of the day, here's, here's kind of how it, it came down, because that final decision belongs in my chair. And yet, you know, a good leader is always looking for input. Good leaders say, come on, y'all, weigh in. Help me out here. A good leader says, you know, if you have that opinion, go ahead and share it, but be sure you can substantiate the decision and may it be something of reasonable intelligence when you do. So we listen to that. I listen to that. At the end of the day, here's where, here's kind of how it failed. Uh, I, I knew that I personally was, well, I was alone and, um, and maybe one other person uh, with me, but at the end of the day in prayer over the weekend several weeks ago, I just knew in my heart of hearts, God, this is the thing to do, you know? This is what needs to be done. But how do you go from, all right, the majority of the team said, well, I think we need to go in this direction, and here you sit. Well, you can be the big shot, you know, anybody can do that. You can be the big shot, say, I got the position, I got the authority. It's not what I want to do. What I want to do is, all right, God, I want to lead, but listen carefully now. Sometimes you lead without consensus. And so many times out of the Old Testament and in the New Testament, they led without consensus. Here, here it was, God spoke they listened, and then they spoke. And that's how God led the Jewish people, the children of Israel, before Saul became their king. God spoke to the priest, spoke to Samuel, spoke and said, this is how we want to accomplish it. Until you have that, have that in your heart. I know in my heart of hearts. Well, guess what? As we continue to pray and seek God's face and continue. And, and let me say this. Anytime you make a decision, don't be afraid for that decision to be challenged. Amen? Here's what I find out, especially with people who think they're in love. If some young lady or some young guy is, uh, is about to marry somebody outside the realm of, of reasonable intelligence, all right? Maybe not a Christ follower. 
maybe just started to go into church when they met i'll use her met her now all of a sudden is really you know man i'm in church i'm this i'm that and the rest of us who who look around you know wonder well they they sure haven't called pastor haven't called some of their friends here well well i've been around the block a few times in my in my few years here on earth when you don't want to seek counsel that you know is contrary to what you want to do you're in trouble because good decisions should never be afraid to be challenged so you look at it and and we came around the corner on that one and in my heart of hearts and finally we told them we got together but you know what when that took place all of us today and that's been now maybe a week or 10 days ago all of us in that room now know well that was that was the god choice and it's wonderful how god works that way i don't know about you but sometimes i felt like god hung me out to dry i mean i got a decision to make and i call on him and call on him and call on him i had a decision to make not too long ago maybe a year or two ago I got away for about five days and I thought, all right, God, now here it is. If I just park and it's quiet, I'm not in the office, Sharon's with me and, and we just, I'll get away and you'll speak because I, God, I told you, you needed to speak during this five days because I took out of my schedule. So here I'm wide open. I'm all ears. Lay it on me. He didn't say anything, not even close, not even close. Come on. I mean, help me here. That's what I'm here for. I came back and I was absolutely, totally frustrated. I called on him, spoke with him, humbled myself. Nothing, nothing. What's up with this, God? Don't you know this is your church? This is about your church? You need to help me. Well, here it is. I'm in prayer on Sunday morning. That's the furthest thing from my mind. My mind is on the message, continuing to prepare and pray and tweak and seek God. And out of nowhere, right out of heaven, God speaks and said, here's what I want you to do. Bing, 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 bing. There it is. I thought I wasn't even asking you. <laughs> and right there, God spoke. You see, the point is this. Guiding in the culture in which we live, walking faithfully and with a holy life in the culture in which we live is tough, friend, because you got a whole lot of people who want to feed into your life. And some don't have a, they don't, anyway, they don't have any sense of understanding of spiritual issues than anything. And then some have an understanding of spiritual issues and they think they've heard from God in your behalf. You with me? You know, you know who I think you ought to marry? That right there is a good candidate. If you miss on that one, you're going to miss God. Shut your mouth. <laughs> but you know what? There is a way that God has instructed us that says, hey, seek my face. Amen. You turn from your passive, wicked way. Seek my face. Listen to my voice, and I'll give you guidance. And so we have this journey in Acts 27. And it says something to us used to be before we had gps how many are grateful to god for a gps that's good some people have to have them to go to work every day <laughs> i tell some of the people here that come in late oh your gps must have misled you today 
<laughs> you know, you're 30 minutes late. What did it do? Take you to the drawbridge in downtown Lakeland? The time we used to have maps. I mean, pull it out. Sharon and I traveled all over the state of Florida. This was before GPS days. And I would say, you know, Sharon, uh, and, and I usually, if I knew how, to, I know how to get from here to Yeehaw Junction. Amen? I mean, I've driven that, I think, I'll say thousands, but at least hundreds and hundreds of times. I know how to get from here to Fort Lauderdale. But when I get in Fort Lauderdale, with all those people, and I'm not familiar, I would, Sharon would say, why are you just giving me the map now? I said, well, good Lord, we're 30 or 45 minutes away. Find it on the map. She used to get so agitated at me. You know, why do you wait till now and tell me what you're going to do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes it worked with her. And sometimes I had to pull over and find it myself. <laughs> but we eventually found it. I got lost in... in uh, in uh, Bonita Springs one night. I was, time was getting away from me. I could not find the church down there. I ran into one guy. He was drunk as two days gone, and the other guy couldn't speak a lick of English. And I thought, time is up, and it's five minutes from church, and the drunk guy, I'm thinking, I've wasted time with you, buddy. And then the other guy, he's, you know, he, he couldn't even say, you know, I, I don't understand English. He just, it wasn't in his vocabulary. It was then, I wish I would have taken more Spanish in high school. Amen? See? Yeah, wonderful. But God helped me find it. See, that's life. That's fun. There's some decisions that you can make. You know how to get to Yeehaw Junction, you know? Some decision to make, you know how to get to Fort Lauderdale. But when it starts getting messy, traffic begins to build in places you're not familiar with. Somebody has got to give you instruction. But hey, have you noticed sometimes we don't want to listen? And when we do want to listen, it's not on God's timetable, it's on ours. Well, I'm sorry, I'm late. Someone said to me the other day, 20 minutes late for an appointment. I'm sorry, I'm so late, Pastor. Thank you. I, I'm just so late as a visiting minister, and I'm just so late. I'm so sorry. You know what I'm thinking the whole time he was talking? You should have started earlier, but I didn't say it. If you pay attention, God will give you guidance, and all of us have decisions if we're fluid and we're active and we're forward progress you have decisions that you need to make some that are minuscule and some of monumental proportion i go through it about every time for a family who decides we're going to have to move and go to another state and some met with a precious lady the other day we have to go back to ohio I've had young couples say, boy, we got a job offer, but it's in another, in another state. and means a major change for the family. And, and we put it down on paper, but it's really not clear on paper. And, but the money is great, but we love Victory Church, and we don't know if there's a church there. Or you and your wife feel good about it, but your kids are in absolute rebellion. 
and don't want to go because they have school friends and they have connections that are there and one's in middle school and one's in 10th grade and the other one of course is in 7th grade and they're not happy about it at all. Or you have friends that you talk to them about it and you know what they say, oh we'll be praying for you brother. You know what that means? We'll be praying for you brother. And then they may spend two or three minutes, if that, God, in Jesus' name, give them wisdom and direction. Amen. Amen. Or you've surrendered all and still nothing's happened. God, I got away for these days and you did not speak. God says, pay attention. Now, here's what I want. I want what you want, I think. I want to walk by faith. If you want to walk by faith, raise your hand. There you go. All right. I'll ask one more time because some of you apparently are paralyzed. So God's about to heal some of you. Here we go. How many like to walk by faith? That's good. We know we ought to walk by faith. But listen, it is scary to walk by faith. Let me talk to you about that. It's scary. You see, walk by faith. But when God says, okay, you want to walk by faith? I'm going to turn the lights out. See if you can find your way in the room. Our, light, our bedroom is dark. I like it dark, period. Sharon will have, I don't know, two dozen night lights. I know it's not two does, it just seems like that to me. But I, I get up and, and we have the, the, the clock over here, which is a marker. We have the alarm system, which is a marker. Other than that, it's dark. So I figure I walk this far over, close to that, I'm guided by those lights. But then one time the power went out and whew, you don't know which way you're going. That's walking by faith. Now, I know there's a dozen things in that room that's going to stump my toe like the other night. And the whole house woke up. Even the ceramic dogs went to barking. It was unbelievable. You see, God's will, walking by faith, is hard to do. This is Paul. Here he is in the 26th chapter, there of the book of Acts. He goes before the affiliate government officials. Justice is there, of course. Pilate, he talks to them about the issues that are there. And he said, I want to go. I want to go to Caesar. I want to go to Caesar. He makes a pitch, of course, and, and we know now that he has to go to Caesar. And we know that the leadership said, Paul, you almost got me to the place that, did you really expect me to become a Christ follower? Paul said, well, I, I would I was praying that you would see as I have seen because all that I've spoken to you about is out of the Old Testament law and you know it's all the truth. I've not shared with you anything that is unfamiliar to you. So he's a prisoner now of a Roman centurion. His name is Julius and they set sail, set sail because they are actually going to Rome. Why? Because Paul has an appointment. But there's something about that journey. We had an appointment. We know that there's a designated time, and God had a designated moment that he wanted Paul to stand before Caesar, a designated moment. Sharon the other day said to me, something backfired and didn't work, and I was a little, uh, I was a little uh, well, disturbed. She said, don't you love it? Well, everything happens for a reason. 
I felt like Jackie Gleason on the Jackie Gleason show when his wife, I thought, don't even hand me everything happens for a reason. But what goes around comes around. Because in traffic yesterday in Tampa, and we're sitting dead still, Sharon says, I cannot believe this traffic of which I said, blessed be his name. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason. You believe that? <laughs> Everything happens. I hate it. Now, much time has been lost. Acts 27 and sailing had already become dangerous because by now, this is special, it was after the fast. So Paul warned them. Individual led by the Holy Spirit, we study Paul very carefully. And this particular incident in his life, the ones traveling with him did not know what to do. Paul was the man of the hour, the man that God spoke to directly. They had to make a decision. Paul was hitching a ride with Julius, the Roman centurion, headed to Rome on a merchant ship that was hauling corn out of Egypt to be able to supply for those in, in Rome. And they were in the Mediterranean Sea. It was early October. That matters because early October, of course, was after September 15th. September 15th was the time when, when most merchant ships say it's time we back off sailing because it's going to be winter and you don't know when a storm could pop up just like that. So it's early October. They know that because the feast has now been completed according to Scripture. It was a dangerous time to sail and in a few weeks, all the sailing vessels would say, we've gone as far as we can go, and that's it. And setting sail now would place them in the uh, open water in which you, the Mediterranean Sea and the Adriatic Sea coming in here, but out of the Adriatic Sea, which is spinoff of the Mediterranean Sea, the, the depth of the water would be seven, on average 700 feet, but a real depth would be over 4,000 feet down. And when a northeasterner storm would blow out of the Adriatic Sea down toward the Mediterranean Sea where they were sailing, the winds would be 70, 90, 100, 125 miles an hour. And the waves would pop up and no vessel of a merchant vessel was made to be able to withstand major weather. They just learned to stay in port. But they asked the question, do we sail? That brings me to the crossroads of my decision, brings me to the crossroads. What is it that I need to do? Paul is spoken to by the Holy Spirit and said, no, say no. That was God's word for them. But what is Paul? He's just an individual that he's off his rocker. He once was real, well respected, once at one time so knowledgeable, so learned, so intelligent, so powerful, so bold. What does he know now, though? Because he's preaching this thing about Jesus being crucified. What does he know? Paul says, listen to me, guys. No. The ship's owner, who happened to be on that vessel, which was unusual, with his captain said, nah, we got a load here. We got to deliver this, uh, we got to deliver this corn, sail. 
Julius the centurion said, man, I don't have all day long. Be away from my family. I got to get this prisoner to Caesar. Sail. The cruiseman crewman said, we face rougher weather. Look, it's beautiful. Sail, they all said. Gentle breeze blowing and cargo and the grain. It'll spoil and, and we can't winter here. At Fair Haven was the port that they were in. And they're in this dilemma. What do we do? Which way do we go? And how can we move without direction secured and affirmed. Well, you walk by faith and not by sight. Walking by faith sometimes doesn't mean go. Walking by faith sometimes says stay right where you're at. Because it is not directional. Walking by faith is faith-led. It was Abraham in Genesis 12. God said, I want you to go. Abraham said, hey, I got a family. Don't worry about that. Take your family with you. Trust me. Genesis 12 verse 4 said Abraham did as the Lord said. Wouldn't you like to be able to look at your life and say, as far as I know, I've done exactly what the Lord said every time. Every single time. We will never have the faith, however, as a substantial part in our lives unless we walk by faith. I read one article, the original golf balls were smooth. But they came to the understanding with the little dimples in them, golf balls uh, would go much farther when they were hit. So the major manufacturers of golf balls, guess what they do? If that's the case, no more smooth balls. We're going to put the dimples in the balls. Why? Because we find that sometimes things go farther when they're beat up a little bit. Remember that. Understanding that, the pointers who were the ones who were supposed to determine set sail, they said, let's sail. Every major advice and counsel known of the professionals said, let's sail, except one man who heard from the Lord. Sometimes directing your life spiritually and directing your family spiritually, you stand alone. Sometimes even those closest to you will challenge you. Nothing wrong with that as long as you know that you know you know that God spoke into your heart. You stand firm and loving. Notice they didn't say stand, stay until you get your direction. Paul was on board. They decided to do what a lot of people do. We all talk, walk in faith, but hey, we're going to sail. Paul said, take courage, something happened, Acts 27, 22. But now I urge you to keep your, up your courage because not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be lost, 276 souls on board. And one thing we notice is that though they did not have permission to sail, God still went with them. Any of you out there ever got yourself in trouble? I have. God's grace is greater than God's desire to judge you even when you make mistakes. You see, the gentle wind began to blow. Hurricane force winds the northeasterner. They pulled down the sails, fear gripped all of them. They dropped to anchor, try to slow it down toward the end. Fourteen days they had drifted, threw the cargo and the tackle overboard, tied the ship together with all the rope that they had, 
yeah, they made the wrong decision. Yeah, they know that now, and Paul could have said, I told you so. But when you're in the middle of the battle and you're in the middle of the situation that you say, God, I don't know how I got here. Or you may say, God, I just, I didn't pay attention. Or God, I, I went for the thing that I thought was most beneficial in the material world. You see, nothing could be said that would change their situation now. They're in the storm that ha is a storm to take them out. And Paul says, take courage. Take courage. Before they made the decision to sell, this is what they saw. They saw, hey, perfect weather, gentle breeze. The wind is tossing their ship around like a steel ball in the pinball machine. Paul says, take courage, no one will die. Well, who do you think you are? You see the wind, the ship is being held together by rope. It's easy to walk by faith when security is all around us, isn't it? It's easy to take courage when you don't need to. But can you take courage when the mourners are gathering for your funeral and you're not dead yet? Take courage. That word courage means something. Acts 27, 20, they're exhausted because they had given up. They're not eating because they weren't hungry. Their tummies would not settle long enough for them to be able to eat. They're going on the journey of faith, and you find yourself in trouble as they're in, permitted by God, or maybe your own foolish areas, or initiated by God. God does not desire that we die from the power of testing, but he desires that we grow. That word encouragement means this. In the Greek, have confidence. Have confidence. In our first church, we were there three years. It's a real challenge. It's a wonderful opportunity. We grew a lot. We were a young couple. The parsonage, I told you, the bottom, the floor, hardwood pine. It was a, it was a floor about that thick. It was before this, this wood flooring. It's that thick. It was that thick. It was real, it was real boards. At will mosquitoes. The air conditioning was at 32,000. I bought three of them. Didn't know till later they were stolen. But what a deal I got. <laughs> in the box and everything. Didn't find out till months later. Nobody cared. Nobody wanted them. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. We got a baby. Sharon with Sherry almost died. First months, I rocked the baby. She couldn't even walk. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I want you to resign here and I'll prepare somewhere else for you. Well, I, I wrestled a little bit with that, like, what's up, God? I had two other jobs. So it's like, keep working. But my calling was not to do those jobs, not to manage a meat market, not to be engaged at a Woco Automotive. And boy, I didn't, I didn't think about Sharon. 
we had two weeks left. She's wondering, what are we going to do? How are we going to manage? She wants security like every woman does and should have. Amen, gentlemen? What do we do? And I said, God will provide. Now, can I tell you something, guys? And I don't mean this literally. Sometimes don't let your fear be known to those closest to you. No use two of us falling apart in the same family. Y'all with me? God will provide. So the one church that called us and it met all the requirements, all the requirements, voted in 100%. You, some of you have heard this story, voted in 100%. Well, back then, if you got voted in 100%, you're in. Bless God. But I was always the weird one. You know, I thought, well, so they called. I said, God, if they come up with this much money, you know, that's just enough. If this much money, we, then, then we can go. And they called and they came up with this much money and more. I put the phone down and I thought, here we go, Jacksonville. But in my heart of hearts, I knew, no, not Jacksonville. Not Jacksonville. You see, had I, we, gone to Jacksonville, my life would be different right now. Right now. Different path. Gets down to the week. Sharon is nervous. I'm nervous. And a phone call came out of nowhere from a father of a friend of mine. And he said, Wayne, you resigned your church? I said, I did. I want you to candidate here on Sunday. I said, well, how are you going to do that? The church has been open for a month. Surely you got resumes. He said, I got a bunch of resumes. But the resumes that I have are not the ones that need to be here. You belong here. So we went and we were voted in just in the nick of time. But it took, God, I knew that the time to leave was there and I knew that going to Jacksonville was not it. Both would have been really easy. But that was not God's will. I want to encourage you. Sometimes the whole world will be against you. But when you endeavor to listen to the Lord, God will help you. You have to have confidence in God's timing. Somebody say amen. amen. And then don't jump. That's a, this is the last one. Don't jump. Acts 27, 31. Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. Do you know what fear creates? Fear. Fear creates fear. And unbelief nurtures unbelief. Paul is a prisoner. Paul is a prisoner, but it doesn't matter. If you're listening from God, it doesn't matter whether you're a prisoner, locked behind bars, or standing in the pulpit or in the grocery store. God can speak to you anywhere, anytime. Amen? He will. Don't sell, he says. Paul took courage. He said, don't sell. Take courage. Now, now that we're, we're shipwrecked, we're about to be plastered on a rocky island, take courage. What do you mean take courage? We are dying. We've given up. Paul said, no, what you need is a good plate of lasagna, guys. You just need a good plate. 
you're headed to Rome, go ahead and start eating that way. They had their rations there. How do you know? It's spiritual. An angel appeared, stood beside me, said, don't be afraid. All the lives are going to be saved. We will shipwreck. We'll get that, God. We're going to shipwreck all the lives. You know, the plane, it's a 747, and it's going to crash, and nobody's going to be hurt. Sure. The sailors began to hear the waves. They tested the sound, 120, 90 feet, 60 feet. They knew they were getting close. They heard the waves hit. It was rocky. It would destroy the ship. They had a lifeboat that they had taken before the storm hit. The lifeboat was a tag boat behind them. They actually took that boat, put it on the ship itself, and had it. And then some of the sailors decided, we're going to get out of here. We're going to crash. And they took that lifeboat and began to lower it down. And Paul said, if you leave that ship, Julius, if they leave that ship, they are going to die. Julius said to his soldiers, cut the ropes. And they whacked the ropes, and their lifeboat went, The security that they thought would save them would have been a death coffin. There's only one who holds you in the palm of his hand. There's only one who really undergirds you, who loves you. His name is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter. The enemy would love to just sift you and slice you, but I have you in the palm of my hand. Let's jump and take our chances. Paul declared your chances are assured if you stay on board. So we have to remember when we're confused and we're making decisions that walking with God every step of the way is important. And then when you get in trouble, stay on board during the storm and the confusion. Ride the storm out. Refuse to see the obvious and look through the eyes of faith. And always remember, God will provide a better passage for you than what man will ever be able to offer to you. And remember that God is not in the habit of throwing you against the rocks in your time of trouble or brokenness or weakness or failure. Stay on board and listen. I have made decisions in my heart of hearts that did not make any sense at all. But I knew the Holy Spirit was speaking. And I followed through with that journey of doing what I felt the Holy Spirit wanted our family, wanted me to do. And often when you make that kind of a decision, be prepared for a storm to just rise up out of nowhere, and you'll think, you'll begin to second-guess yourself. So I want to pause here. Before you pull the trigger on the decision that you consider faith in God, be sure that you know that you know and be prepared for opposition and second-guessing. The most dangerous thing, however, you can do is to begin to second-guess your decision. If you heard from God, stand on that faith. Amen? His worst place is better than man's best place. That's a fact. Did the boat sink? Yep. 
But guess what? Some of the sailors couldn't swim. Pray tell, what's a sailor doing on a boat, a merchant ship, and cannot swim? So when the ship broke up, it made automatic little boards for they could float on the shore. Did it hit the ground and break apart? Yes. You know where it hit the ground? It hit the ground in that part of the world where the bottom, where it hit the ground, was like red, gooey clay. Red, gooey clay. And when that ship charged in there and charged into that red, gooey clay, that red, gluey clay, just say that, held the ship and would not let it go. There was no backing up. You're stuck. Was it a tough situation? Yeah. But 276 souls were saved just like God said. God speaks to us every time we're in this pulpit. God speaks to us every time we read the Word. God speaks to us. If we listen through our own experience, our own knowledge, our own understanding, don't get too shaky. Affirm your footsteps and be guided by the Holy Spirit. Don't get nervous and don't get ahead of God, but neither don't lag behind Him. But if you want to honor Him and serve Him, be prepared to have a, fi have a life and a journey that is an unbelievable journey. Because in my journeys, I have lots of testimonies now that were as scary as ever could be at the time it was taking place. Jesus Christ is our rock and will not disappoint us. Amen? Would you stand? Let's give the Lord a clap offering together, everybody. Here we go. Clap offering for Jesus. When you're holding. The sky is, uh, is the limit. That's the word that you heard. And there are no boundaries. And the depth of your abilities are greater than you could imagine. But the way to salvation and the way to fulfillment is straight and narrow. The road to destruction is broad and many will follow in. But I'm calling you this hour to walk the path that has been designed for you by your heavenly father, the one who created you. If you've struggled in finding that path, stand still. And watch the revelation of my truth be revealed to you. I promise this moment will never leave you. My presence will never forsake you. And I will give you guidance that will bring forth a harvest for you and those closest to you if you simply lean on me. Hallelujah. Father, we receive your word. We thank you. So if you're here and your eyes are closed and you feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, all I need to tell you is just pay attention to the message. Pride and fear and 
All that will fight you right now, but your path right now, if God's speaking to you, is just slip in the altar and just say, God, here I am. I'm available. I need your wisdom. I need your guidance. God, here's my, here's my desire. I'm going to lay it on the altar. And we're going to start singing, and you can come. Before we do, just repeat this prayer, everyone. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus forgive me. Forgive me. I have sinned. I've made a mess. I've not listened. I have been stubborn, and I've been hard to deal with. But tonight, I surrender my heart, and I give it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. No big ordeal here. If God is speaking to you, no big ordeal. And you know, I just need to slip in the altar. As we sing this song, why don't you do that? See what God will do, friend. He'll take care of you. Come on now.